Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And for our, I was going to say our last show of the year. It's not going to be, is it? No, no, no. Penultimate no, show we've got of one the more. year. We got one more. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about the examples from Discovery episode five. So we're at the midpoint of season four. And yeah, I thought this was a very next gen style episode. Like you've got a guest character coming on and being a bit weird and the crew having to work yeah. around him. And I'm going to you... say straight away, this episode um, really disappointed me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's all to do with what the tease was going to happen. That didn't happen. Okay, I'm interested. Because, because we had Commander Reese steps forward about getting all the um, people up onto the ship. I'll take care of that. And you get the little bit of story about why he wants to do this. Yeah, yeah. And then we didn't see any of it. That's true, actually, and I thought, yeah. And I thought, when it started there, I thought, oh, this is great. We're going to get a Reese episode. Did you think gonna... Reese were probably going to die by the end of the episode no, if we no, started getting back stuff? I think he was going to die. But I thought, how, how, the, how it played there, I thought, oh, this is great. We're going to get a Reese episode. It... Or at least we're going to get it cut into what he's doing to evacuate. The rest of the colonists. It did seem like that. Yeah. It was, yeah, it did feel like one of them, like, oh, he's got a bit of a personal connection and he, he's got yeah. reasons for being there. And then, yeah, because I remember the first time I watched it, I remember about three quarters of the way through the episode thinking, hang on, where's Reese? <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's literally, like you said, he yeah. has, he has and, that scene. And then. And, it, 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 and it's left me disappointed as the episode because that. And it's a good episode. Yeah. And there's good stuff going on. But I'm just disappointed that, yet again, we're not finding out anything about the rest of the crew. Well, I'm wondering, to be honest, if we know this was filmed sort of in between lockdowns and during COVID times, and, you know, there were still during COVID times, but you know what I mean? And... If you look at it, there's there's no Bryce. I can't remember the last time we saw Bryce. Detmer's not in this one. Bryce has been off helping on another ship, hasn't he? Right. That was in first or second episode. Right, okay. So that, that, ex mentioned. that explains Bryce then. So but Detmer's not there. Owo's not there. Um, I noticed they were up there on the bridge. No, Adira wanting it this week. Or Grey. No. So I don't know, yeah. What's going on with it? How how come these regular? But uh, like I know that I know the premise of the show, and we have complained about this with this show, and I think rightly so. Was a complaint. The premise of the show was it's about the second officer Michael, and it's been her journey. But we're just not learning anything about the rest of the. No, we're really and not. Now we've lost Tilly. There's and a hole there. That's the thing. There's, I mean, we fill that with this this new lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Christopher, 
But we don't find anything out about Lieutenant Christopher other no. than the name Lieutenant Christopher. But the thing is, even even though the the secondary characters haven't been developed that well, we do know Detmer a bit, and we do know Owo a bit, and we do know Bryce a bit, but they're, they're nowhere to be seen this episode. It's, I, I just thought it was but really weird. We don't weird. know a great deal about them. And let's be fair here, this is the fourth season. That's true. And we still don't really know our crew members apart from the names. It's true, it's true. But I don't think that's ever going to change at this stage I don't now. think it's going to change now. But I just wanted to put that out there that I was disappointed. No, I agree with you. It, it teased that that's what they were going to do. It looked like it, if this had been a TNG episode, like you say, this would have been a Reese episode. Yeah. And it would have all been from his perspective. And it makes you wonder why even bother dropping that in unless it's going to be paid off somewhere down the line. Yeah. But there it we go. It makes no sense to drop it in and his reasons for it. And he had good reasons for it. Yeah. Yeah, literally, he says it on the, <coughs> on the ship. But that's the last you see of him. Oh, you see him very briefly. Like, he checks in and goes, yeah, I'm off to do this. Bye. And then Michael <laughs> and Buck go and do the main story. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, definitely. Um, Right at the start, then, we, we've done this once this season and we're doing it again. We get... A new Federation ship, or I don't know if the design's new. I think it might be the same as one of the ones we've seen in uh, Space Dock, but it's the USS Janeway, which... Yeah, nice payback nice and homage to her. Is nice, and I was watching and it... also, we have the USS T'Pau. Mm-hmm. I didn't spot the T'Pau, but yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, the T'Pau was with the Janeway. Yeah, there was a Vulcan ship as well, wasn't there? yeah. So, yeah, nice to see all the ships. Nice to see that investigating the DMA is not just Discovery's job. Like, this is the whole Federation's working on this. The whole of Starfleet and the Vulcans. And we get the... I mean, it's not really a huge revelation at this stage that the the DMA is... We speculated maybe it was alive because it seemed to react. But it seems now that it's it's art, it's artificial. It's been created yeah. by something or someone. Yeah, it va- it vanished and reappeared a hundred. Sorry, it reappeared a thousand light years away. Yeah, in four point six seconds, which is discovery sort of travel time. Yeah, so it's massive. It can cover large distances and destroy it. So it's pretty dangerous. So yeah, it makes you wonder. I wonder if we're gonna get sort of a revelation that what it's been doing has been a lot more tactical than we thought originally. Like, has there been a reason why... I think think once you establish that it's artificial and it's being controlled by somebody, you've then got to look at, right, why has it gone to here, here, here and here? Because why has that been destroyed? Yeah. And this site was near, hasn't been. If the purpose of this thing was just to destroy the Federation or destroy the galaxy or whatever, they could have done a lot more damage by now with it. Yeah. Now that we know it can just jump wherever well, it wants. Uh, well, I haven't worked out who's behind it yet. Oh, I've got an I idea. Think, I, I think the new scientists might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But we, ha- I'm, I'm speculating here. But we have it's moving at discovery 
style of speeds, how it's jumping from one place to another. It's taken out Buck's planet. Yeah. The only people apart from Stamets and Buck that can control a, dis- a spar drive. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I see one of it. And like this episode, it's not actually targeted this colony. It's tar- it's moved the star. Yeah. Mm. Like the the colony is sort of like collateral damage, but it, it was like a, a thin chance that they'd be hit or not. Yeah. Okay. The ta- what's actually been moved is a star, so that's a strategic thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it, that it's I... sort of like the colony is a red herring here to the and to, to the, the bigger DNA plot. doing. Yeah, I think th- I think this is definitely the direction we're going in. It's going to be let's try and work out its motives now. Yeah, and I like that the this is almost sort of acknowledging the fan theories where they have the briefing and they go, "Well, we've said, you know, it might be the Iconians, it might be the Metrons." <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, we know, we yeah, yeah. We haven't heard anything from the queue for six hundred years, so we're ruling them out. That was a very, a very well constructed line because it's okay. We've not heard from them in a long time, but they said six hundred years, which means there's still five hundred years that it could appear in the earlier timeline. You know, if we stick with Picard and things uh, like that. Yeah, four hundred. Yeah. 400 years, so we're going to have Picard going a bit forward in time so, as well as backwards. It, it means that they've they've created enough enough of a gap that we can still have Q in Star Trek stories. If they'd said, well, we've never yeah. heard from him since the 24th century, they'd have tied themselves up in a bit of a knot. But it, it's good that they've left that space if they want but to bring it back. But he also made a point in the goes, but this isn't like <coughs> what, how the Q operate anyway. No, it's not. I it mean, it isn't. Like, I hadn't even thought of the cube for this. No, I didn't. It's not not their style, really, is it, you know? No. But, and then, as I say, lots of this does remind me of sort of what had happened on TNG. Like, right, we've got this crazy scientist coming on board. And you'd often get, right, here's a guest character. And on TNG, it's like, could be a scientist, it could be an ambassador... Could be yeah. a bloody stand-up comedian, you know, in some of the episodes. So, so you know, that felt like a nice sort of throwback to that. Um, we also get Reno back for the first time this season, which is nice to see her. Don't know where she's been, but um, it's good to have her back. Though she's, I'm not. A hundred percent sure that I know what's going on with the uniforms in Discovery, because Reno's wearing a yellow one, but Stamets wears blue. But Stamets works in engineering, but technically he's a scientist. He's a scientist. But then Tilly was wearing blue as well. She's also a scientist. She's more science, but it used to be like Data wore yellow even though he was more science. So, I don't know. Yeah, it, just, it, was op- it was operations as well. Yeah, it just seems they've changed a little bit. It, yeah, like the colours seem to be a bit 
have always been a bit fluid in Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. No, I've not got a problem with it. I just like to have it straight in my own head. But I, I think Yellow's engineering... Seems to be, yeah. That's what, that's what Georgie wore. That's what O'Brien wore. And it makes sense for him to be the chief engineer looking after the normal engines. And <laughs> yeah, that's like true. That. Well, Stamets looking after the sport and drive. That would explain why we don't see her as often because yeah. we, we don't spend as much time. And it does explain a lot here why she why Servat's called in to mm. sort of getting the power flows right. Yeah. No, I just like to have it straight in my own head, so I'm happy with that. And yeah, the the other plot then, and again, this is a very sort of TNG plot. We've got a colony in peril, and we've got to go down and evacuate it. But then we get the twist, which is we've got a bunch of prisoners. And this is a good Star Trek concept with, right, they're prisoners, but they, they call them the examples. So basically, we've locked these people up in the shittiest prison to basically show you this is what happens if you commit crimes. This is what happens to any criminal. It but doesn't the, matter what crime you get. Every crime is life. Yeah. It's like, the, have you ever watched Parks well, and Recreation? I don't know if you noticed here with these, because obviously these are guest stars, so they're only coming in for one episode. I think the dodgy engineer, the dodgy um, guest star on Discovery is up to being a lot more than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close people. But if you notice, they're all in individual cells and the social distance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it's done cleverly with the dip, with the separate cells, which I know I'm annoyed with Reese about the thing with Reese, but that'd explain why we're not seeing like a thousand people being evacuated and getting close together for fifty people at once. Yeah, it, and yeah, now that we're talking behind the scenes stuff, it it could explain why people are out of it. Like, they have bubbles, don't they, So I know they have bubbles, yeah, they have little bubbles, was, so you maybe got, well, they can appear together. Yeah, if there was a bubble that Detmer and Owo were in and somebody, you know, I'm not wishing it on anyone, but somebody tested positive for COVID, yeah. they might have had to sit the next week's filming out, which is why we've got, um, different characters, so maybe, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but you're right, yeah, they are. I mean, you would expect to be socially distanced in a prison, so that does kind of make sense. Yeah, but yeah, but no, like it, it, it seems a bit extreme that not only are they in prison, but they're also in an individual little cell. Yeah, they're in a little bubble cell. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite, you know, it, if if the problem they was facing was a COVID outbreak rather than a DMA, they'd be quite well um, well set up for it on this colony. Yeah. But unfortunately, that is not the problem. It's that like, the... the other thing as well with these six prisoners, <coughs> don't you think that the defences seem rather OTT for just yeah, such li- people? A little bit, and a little bit abstract and we're not as talk- well. And we're not talking proper hardened criminals here either. <laughs> No, but may- maybe they've got to make people think that they're hardened criminals. I don't know. No, like the whole point is that whatever Anything. crime you've committed, you've got to do life. And that's why these people are, are the examples. Yeah, I, I stole a loaf of bread. Life. <laughs> yeah, it's like, as I said, have you ever seen Parks and Recreation? 
No. no there's a there's an episode in it um, where these guys from Venezuela come over and he makes a big speech and he says, well, in Venezuela, everything you go to jail is it. You overcook fish, straight to jail. You undercook chicken, <laughs> straight to jail. Undercook, overcook. And yeah, so yeah, it, it's very funny. Anyway, so it's very much that, isn't it? You know, whatever you do, straight to jail. Um, a little bit like the justice people as well that tried to kill Wesley off. Well, well uh, yeah. So again, a very TNG sort of thing. But yeah, the defences. So we've got these little beetles that, I mean, they can do everything. They can explode. They can shoot out little saw blades. Well, they look like little saws with their phaser on the outside to cut yeah, everything. They're, yeah, they're pretty handy. They're, it's kind of like they've wandered in off a video game, these things. I can imagine in a first-person shooter game, like, you know, you have hundreds of these yeah. coming at you and you've got to shoot them all as they run up to you. A bit like Halo. A bit like Halo. Just Halo. Yeah, very with much. Oh, what did you call it? Oh, the Flood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yes. That, in fact, I think that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got this Tarka guy then who turns up and there's a bit of a subplot with Stamets who's like, well, I've been sending my research to him, but he's not got back to me about it, so I'm a bit pissed off. But yeah, he never thanks me. He's, he's doing all his stuff off the back of my research and my stuff. I've sent him DNA samples, and I think you can understand why Samets is a bit pissed off that yeah, Samets is do. doing all he can to help, and the guy hasn't even gone thanks for this. Yeah, I mean, and we get that from him as we get to know him, don't we? He's, he's very up himself, very sort yeah. of me, me, me. Um, he seems like he seems to almost go out of his way to rub everyone up the wrong way, straight straight from the start, like... Yeah, like, I was trying to think, is it um, a, sort of a species trait where he says what he's... He says what he's thinking and all that. Like, with... Um, Saru is there. Aren't your feet strange? Yeah, he says that about Saru's feet. He slags off the ship, like, he goes, oh, it's just like sitting in a museum. Yeah. And he says about Stamets' work, it's like, oh, you've done good work. Obviously, it's flawed, but, you know, you've done... Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I'm working on I'm working on the small drive too. Like, you've done good with that, but I'm going to improve it. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if it's a species well, trait with he's, him. he's from Ricer, isn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, Ricer is known as the pleasure planet and everybody's very, very amenable. So maybe it's... Maybe it's not a species thing, but it's it's a case of him sort of rebelling against what everyone else is like. Maybe. Like, you know, everyone else on my planet's, you know, really nice to everyone and up everybody's arse all the time. Whereas, <laughs> so I'm just going to be the opposite. I'm going to be a git to everyone. Um, just running a tally of my fixation that I've got on the portable transporters... They mentioned early on that you're not going to be able to beam once you get down to the colony. So yeah. there we go. We've established it. I don't have to well, worry about yeah, it. Again. Once, once you get inside that little, once you walk inside its shield thing, half a kilometre out, no transporters, no communicators. Yeah. 
So I like it when they do that because, as yeah. I've said many times, they were always going to create a problem for himself with yeah. the personal transport. If you introduce something like that, you've got to have a reason why they're not using it. Yeah, it's like in horror films, you've got to explain why you can't use your mobile phone all the time. So, yeah, they've explained <laughs> it this time. So back to Tarka then. So we know he's up himself. I think he is a fan of Steven Spielberg films. And I'm going to explain this because he says the DMA has got a power source at its centre. And to demonstrate that, he uses mashed potato, which is kind of like in Close Encounters where... Oh, yeah. <coughs> Richard Dreyfuss is, yeah. Yeah, he builds Devil's Mountain. Then on top of that... When they go into the lab, he says, you're going to need a bigger room, which is a bit like you're going to need a bigger boat. So yeah. I, I think Tarker is a, is a fan of Spielberg films. I have no problem with that. No, I have no problem There's with a it lot either. There's lots of like with Spielberg films. There is. So we just got to keep an eye on him and see if he drops anything else, any more references, see if he's talking about Indiana Jones next week or anything. <laughs> So, yeah, we meet the examples then. And like you said, they're mainly there for minor crimes. We've got the guy who nicked bread, so he's uh, Jean Valjean. And the main guy, clearly it's obvious that he's going to have more to him because he's yeah. the one that we're, we're focusing on more and he's the one who doesn't <coughs> sort of doesn't tell you what he's done straight away. And yeah, he gets a sort of a reasonable story as they go through it and everything, but we'll we'll cover that. The other subplot then is Culber and it's getting to him, which we've seen that he has been counselling just about everybody on the whole ship. Yeah, he's doing the job of the ship's counsellor. And let's be fair, he said he was there as the chief medical officer. Exactly. Yeah, and he's... So he's probably, like, he's maybe done a little bit of counselling in the past, but it's not his career. No, so exactly. He's not going to be fully trained as a counsellor, and yet he's been thrown into this. Yeah. To have everyone's problems thrown at him. Exactly, and I think Kovic, and again, Kovic is a man of many, many talents because now he's also a counsellor, and... Culber says, like, oh, yeah, I saw, well, saw the good work you did with Admiral Giorgio. Like, what? He interrogated her. He didn't do much. He, he helped her, though, once she knew what was happening to her. That's true. And I think that's... And I, I, <coughs> I took it, that's what Culber was referring to. And I don't think he's counselling him so much here. I think it's um, that he takes... An interesting, unique people like Georgia was from the mirror universe. True. And he states directly to Culver, you died. Yeah. <laughs> you died and by a miracle <coughs> with the mycelium network, you came back. And yeah. I think and I think that's why he's interesting, Culver. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because Culver is, as far as we know, completely unique in terms of what yeah. happened to him. Yeah. I mean, he's far from the only person in Star Trek who's ever died and come back, but... Oh, yeah, dying and coming back to life is a normal... It's like... Death isn't, like, even... 
It's not like a deadly side effect of being in Starfleet, is it? <coughs> no, exactly. It's almost almost to the point of comic book death at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's almost like as long as you're a main character, so you have some sort of command <laughs> position or you're sort of around the command crew quite a lot, you're going to be okay because they'll find a way to bring you back. If you're a lonely red shirt and they don't really know you, they don't care, so they just let you die. <coughs> yeah, I mean, they call it plot armour, don't they? Like, you're protected <laughs> by the, the machinations of the plot. But, yeah, Kovic does a good bit of psychology. Like, he, you know, he says, right, well, because you died and came back, you've got this saviour complex, and that's because you feel guilty about being alive and feel like you've you've got to do something. And I think he's probably right. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't say he's not... A, like, when I say he's not a counsellor, I didn't mean that he couldn't counsel him. No, but, no. Like, but, he's got ulterior motives why he's taking an interest. <laughs> I think you might be right there, yeah. Um, we'll keep an eye on who else Kovic decides to involve himself with. Because the other one's Tilly, but then Tilly had something to do with the mycelial because she had, she had that spore landed on her and that weird little yeah, friend of hers. Yeah, she had a stuff. friend. Mmm. Yeah, a bit more sinister now that you think about it, so... <laughs> Yeah, we'll keep an yeah, eye on... I, I think he's very... Like, there's definitely a lot more to him than... Like, it's not really being explained what his role is in the Federation. No. It seems to be whatever it needs to be each episode, but... Yeah, but and, there's... and, like, I think he's Section 31 in some form. Yeah, I think so. And, but yeah, I think we're going to get more on that definitely. Whether whether it's in Discovery or whether it's in the untitled Starfleet Academy show that we're we've more or less convinced ourselves is going to happen at some point now. Uh, I think the entire internet has convinced itself. It's yeah, going to I think happen. so. And <laughs> um, so we'll we'll find out maybe what Kovic's deal is at some point. Um, there's a good exchange between Tarker and Reno when the they've got the thing they're, they're trying to get more power and everything. And well, don't you think this is strange as well with it that everyone is still investigating, trying to work out what it is, mm -hmm. and he already has the schematics for a working model. Yeah, I mean that it. that kind like, of feeds in. To what he says later, he says, like, I knew it wasn't this, this and this. Uh, yeah, but to have already already have a working model. Is... Yeah, it's quite far on, isn't it? It's like he came yeah. here solely with the intention of doing this. But he says, great science was never achieved with caution. And Reno just says, I'm not sure that's true. Yeah. Which I thought was a good line. <laughs> Then I want as keen on this exchange with Saru where he he wants Saru to yell at him. Though I do think the noise Saru makes is really good fun. Yeah, but I didn't get that why Saru even went along with it. Yeah, I don't get why he entertained it. Maybe he just thought, oh, it'll shut him up if I do it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and he does say after, like, yeah, it felt quite good. But yeah, I thought that bit, tonally, yeah. it was a little bit weird that moment. Um, then 
Michael, I think, does a really good job in terms of captaining because she's like, right, well, we can offer you political asylum then. A, a Starfleet captain's got the the right to do that. And this is where we get his next hint that the main guy isn't quite what he seems because everyone else says, oh, I, I, I want to apply for asylum, but he never actually says it. He just no, he lets everyone else say it and then he just sort of goes, right, so let's... Um, Let's crack on then, so... Yeah. And then, obviously, we find out that it's because he, unlike the rest of them, he actually is a murderer. So he feels like he should be there and he doesn't deserve to escape. And we're going to come back to that, but we decide to do a little bit of an action scene before then and we bring back the bugs. So they get locked in the prison, which, yeah... That you you know that is what a prison's for, so it's not yeah, too but, surprising. They've got the bugs guarding. They've got the big shield round it. All of them are in a shielded thing anyway. On individual shielded cells, and then when they walk close to it, another shield comes up. Mm-hmm. So you think it's a bit overkill? Like, it, it just for six six people who are minor criminals, none of, like, even the guy who has actually killed somebody isn't, like, a career criminal. No, that's true. Like, a criminal mastermind or anything. Yeah. But yeah. yeah maybe, it just seems really OTT. Maybe it's what's a... Been, what's been put in for this one prison for six people. It's a lot of resources to expend yeah. when you don't really need to, I suppose. Yeah. And... Obviously, they managed to use the exploding bugs to get them out, which, yeah, fair enough. I mean, maybe a bit of a silly design, the bugs, because they did that quite easily. Yeah. Um, mind you, she'd already hacked them, hadn't she? Yes, yeah. Off, yeah. So yeah they, she's they, hacking them to charge towards them. Yeah, the prisoners. of what's in the way. The prisoners could have done this. to turn them off. Yeah, the prisoners couldn't have done it off their own back. So Yeah, they've been very difficult. Yeah. I still think the bugs are a bit silly. Just as a... Well, I, ju- I just think all of the... Def- I know the defences are there because that's the story, getting past all these things. But I, 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 I'm, I, I'm hold what I say. It's OTT is the amount of resources <laughs> and different things for these six... Um, petty thieves. <laughs> Especially because at the start, you've got the governor guy who he's just like, yeah, we don't care about them, let them die. But, so it's like you obviously care about them to some extent to go to not, you know, yeah. obviously you don't care if they die, but and it's don't like... Forget, like This is a colony of only a thousand plus people. Yeah. And they've also got guards there. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's so that they can, you know, keep, <coughs> keep people employed. You've got to create jobs and stuff. Well, it's like 1% of the colony is involved, <laughs> at least is in, involved in um, looking in keeping these six petty thieves. <laughs> yeah, I suppose when you think of it like that, it's a bit, yeah. Like in, I say, it's it's just OTT. And in terms of the amount of space it's taking up because you've got the prison, 
Yeah. Then you've got the big surrounding area patrolled by your yeah, crazy well, bugs. And that's, that's half a kilometre radius. So you've got a half kilometre radius, and I assume that's upwards as well. Yeah. airspace. Well, that's a, a big chunk that you're not using on your meteor that you live on. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what? If you wanted to make examples of it, you probably could have just shot them and it would have been a lot less. Yeah. Especially if you don't care if they die. Um, I did wonder, though, you've got him talking about, you know, we don't care if they die or anything. And I wondered, like, we've talked a couple of times about how they're sort of using the DMA as a, a way to comment on the, the pandemic and things like that. And I wondered if, is this trying to be a bit of a commentary on the way some governments sort of treated like the homeless, for example, or the people in prison, you know? You mean, well, Brazil was the worst for that. Yeah. Where their president's been arrested for, um, what they called? Called it, have they called it war crimes? I don't know. Um, They've called it something really serious, how negligent it was. So that's, yeah, I'm wondering if this is a bit of a... A bit of a commentary on that, like, you know, how... I think some of it possibly is. How do we treat our, in inverted commas, lower classes when there's a, yeah. a state of emergency? And it's not, you know, it's not jarring in your face, hammering it home like that, but I thought, mm, yeah, maybe that's what they're, they're getting at a little bit with that. Um Back with Saru then, so Saru stops the experiment. Stamets gets really caught up in it, doesn't he? He's like... Yeah, like the guys... Well, like, let's talk about this. Like, this... He's created a model of it, and he says that it's an artificial... Wor it generates an artificial mm. wormhole. So they need to... Oh, and he thinks this is what it is. And you need to turn it on so you can have both ends contained to test it. Yeah. And it does look the same as the DMA. Yeah, it does. It's definitely a mini DMA, yeah. But it still gets me how he had a model already. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, I know, first of all, we're not scientists, and second of all, the science that they're talking about isn't real science, so it's a bit of a stretch anyway. But I'm not sure how this were going to work, Mr. Go. Well, if we can understand it, we'll be able to work out who made it. And it's like, yeah, but only if it's a species that you're familiar with. If this is a species you don't know, well, there's going to be no well, clues. I'm going to say now, straight off the top of my head, if that or if that's the basis that we, we're working it out, who could have built it if this works? Riser, because he's a Ryzen who's built the model of this. <laughs> yeah, so he can is build... this Ryzen technology? <laughs> maybe right, yeah. Maybe Riser are going to turn out to be the big baddies no, now. You you get my point with yeah, that no, line exactly. of thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. He's he's made one quite easily, so yeah. Um. So yeah, Saru turns it off, sensible, and um, Reno says like that's the closest you've ever got to killing us all, and that's really saying something. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was good fun. And probably true. Yep. 
Um, back on the planet then. So the main guy's deciding to stay as his penance. Michael wants to honour his wishes, but this really pisses Buck off by the look of it. And you can sort of see where that's coming from. Buck's obviously got this thing, well, my entire planet died. I don't want anyone else to die related yeah. to it. So he's, I think he's maybe taking it a bit too personally here. Um, but again, we don't spend a lot of time on it, but it's a decent enough dilemma. Like, do you respect somebody's view if they want to die? It's opens up the whole euthanasia argument and everything. Now, I know that's yeah, not directly like, what we're dealing with here. Like but his point is that even with asylum with the Federation, he's still guilty of murder. And yeah, he has to be tried for murder. So he'd still be a prisoner. Which he would be, yeah, but he, he does seem to want <coughs> specifically want to die rather than... Well, he wanted to take his chance, didn't he? Yeah, but I think he knows it's not a good chance, like, I think... Yeah, there's a 1% chance that you'll be okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cut and dry by this point, isn't it? and it's a case of... Right, we'll let you know as soon as it's too close. Oh, it's too close. And there wasn't a lot of gap there for him to change no. his mind. But he does tell the story and it's, yeah, he, he were nicking something, he got in a fight, he killed someone and it turned out he stole this little ball thing that he's given to Michael. And there's a nice payoff to that when you know Michael finds the woman who it is and... Gives it yeah, back to she her. Returns it. And it's basically Ancestry.com, but in a ball. Yeah. Which, like, it's obviously a thing where it's a ceremonial thing and it has a lot of value to them and stuff yeah, like that, but it's yeah, like... Uh, yeah, it's a ceremonial thing. It's not... Uh, it's one of these priceless items to the family. Yeah but worthless to anyone else. That, that's the thing. The technology's it, it, not irreplaceable. Yeah, it's like you can log on to that from, you know, your iPad, yeah. mate. You don't need the little ball. But, but yeah, so there is a nice payoff to that. Um, I like Michael's confrontation with the magistrate, though, where he's trying to assert command and she goes, well, yeah, your colony doesn't exist anymore now, so yeah. you've got no authority now. Yeah, you have no authority. Remember, wherever you end up, you're going to be a refugee. <laughs> yeah, I re that's a very Captain Kirk sort of thing. I can imagine Kirk yeah. saying something well, it, like that. He was to obviously someone. annoying her about how he stretched these, how he stretched the examples. Yeah, and she's giving them political asylum. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I like the resolution of that plot. I do think that's really good, and. There's a little bit of development for Zora now. Like, we, we know that the computer is now called Zora, but we now see that she seems to be experiencing emotions, which nobody seems unduly concerned about this. No. Which they, they just seem to like have gone... She, she gives it she gives you a quick explanation for it, and it's all like, oh, okay. Like, um, we, we've seen Zora previously, because we've seen Zora already in... Short tracks. Yeah. So the emotions aren't a shock. No, it's not a shock, but I think what... And they're not, uh, nothing unexpected to the audience. What, I think what is a surprise is just the way it's been so casually 
dropped in there like, oh yeah, the ship's alive now and it's evolving. Yeah, the ship's got the ship's sentient. Well, that's fine. <laughs> like, okay, we're just gonna Yeah, what could go wrong? We're just gonna roll with that and see how it plays out. Yeah, okay, brilliant. And why did we come to the future again? Um, because we're worried that artificial intelligence is gonna destroy the universe. Okay, just uh just to give everyone a reminder that that's why we uh, why we did that. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll see where they go with that. I mean, we're obviously heading towards Tiny and Calypso at some point, but how that's going to work, we don't know. I don't, I don't know how it's going to work because you've got to do it on the, the Discovery without its refit. Yeah, which is going to be tricky. So, I yeah, don't know. Unless they do... Uh, a remake of the Calypso special well, edition. Unless they do it during Picard when uh, Q's moving them through time. Oh uh, yeah, you could always do that. Yeah, you could always you could always tie it up during Picard. You you don't like that's the thing we've now got four Star Trek shows on the air. We've got a fifth one starting. You just because we've got a short trek with Discovery and Zara in it. And we need to know how this happened. Doesn't necessarily mean it has to be in Discovery where we see it now. No, it doesn't. And, you know, you don't have to pick up your plot threads immediately, though it is nice if you do come back to them eventually. Yeah, it's sort of like something that's been left hanging in the air, what, three years now? Yeah. But this brings me on to my theory, which is... I think we're going to see the aliens from the TNG conspiracy episode because Tark yeah, has I, got that scar on Actually enough, I thought of that. Yeah, it, it very pointedly showed us the scar on the back of his neck. Yeah. And, you know, that's a plot thread that we haven't looked at in 30 years. 1987? Yeah. 88? 35 years? Yeah. <laughs> So if we are now, gonna... that would be interesting if it's them aliens. Well, that's the only one I can think of. And it you know, it's very, very deliberately called out and it's very oh, deliberately shown. I don't that know Bob why, but they popped it. into my head while I was watching this episode and thinking of that with them aliens. And I was just thinking like we're looking we're not looking for the Iconians, we're not looking for the Metrons or the usual suspects. But we're looking for someone who'd want to come into the galaxy. And we don't actually know where the conspiracy aliens are. No, we don't. We just know that they sent out a signal and... Could it be the Andorians from um, TOS episode? um, Not Andorians. Oh, the other... What's the next galaxy of? Andromeda. The Andromeda. Could be. Yeah. I mean, I'm going with... I think this guy at some point has been got by them aliens. Well, I thought it was showing the scar there. Uh, the same as, like, from what Buck has from the device that the Emerald Chain had on him. Ah, uh, maybe. Season. Could be that. That's why I thought he made a point of showing it to Buck. Could be. Yeah, that would be a much more straightforward thing. And that Because he was trying to make a connection with Buck. You could be that, yeah. But then, is he trying to make a connection with Buck for his own 
nefarious oh, he, purposes. He's, because making, he's trying to make a connection with Book for his own reasons. Because he obviously thinks, well, Book's very angry about it. It'll probably be quite easy to push into doing something a little bit rash. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's why he's trying to get him on side. So that would make sense if that is but what it is. It's like he also talked about, like, with his model, uh, they couldn't generate enough power from dis- on Discovery mm. to, con- to control it and contain it. And his was working... What did he say? Um, he said some numbers times 10 to the minus 17, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is... at which is massively smaller. Like you said, you'd need a power source the same as a hyperstar mm-hmm. to operate it. <laughs> yeah. Which made me think of um, the Proto-Star as well. Yeah, it did me. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to want Buck to somehow tap into the mycelial network. I wonder if that's part of his plan somehow. Mm. I don't know, but we'll see. See, I thought... That the scar, because in conspiracy, that was where the little tails yeah, of the alien. So maybe he's been got by him in the past, but he's had it removed. And maybe he suspects that it's them who's built the DMA. That that was my theory. I don't obviously we don't know. And we're gonna we'll no doubt find out. We're halfway through the season now, so we'll get answers Not soon. Quite. No, we have eleven episodes. There's eleven. Yeah. Oh, I thought there were there were ten of the. Um. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of the things are showing that there's eleven episodes. Oh, maybe it's a bit like season two, where that last episode ended up being a two-parter. Yeah. So oh, um, well. Yeah. So like. So we're ruling out the Iconians, the Metrons, the Q, and Admiral Daddy Bear, Silver Daddy Bear, mentioned another fourth species. He did, yeah, but. Um, ruling that one's beginning with both from TOS Um, Organians that's it Organians right yeah we'll rule them out no yeah I'm interested I'm going with the conspiracy aliens for now Um, yeah that'd be a nice um, tie up yeah I mean they've gone back to them in the books I think a couple of times but they don't count so um, no We'll Until get. it's on screen, it doesn't count. Exactly. So it'd be nice to see it on screen. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. It could also be the founders. Well, it could be. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that'd be great if we got a DS9 tie-in, but um, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, well, when you think about it, if it's wormholes. Well, yeah. So that... Like it all started with wormholes. Like, oh, I've been worked out how to make the old artificial one to come anywhere to attack us. Or is that what they experimenting with? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, they, they, they could have been <laughs> biding the time for a few hundred years. Still not happy about it. I don't think time matters in the same way to the founders. That's true, yeah. Yeah, very true. Well, we'll find out in five or six episodes' time then. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably find out in five episodes' time and have sort of two episodes of fighting them. Yeah, fighting probably. Them. <laughs> Unless they do what the, the big baddie in Picard did and just go away again. Yeah. Yeah. It might be them. might be that artificial intelligence from Picard. Yeah, that was just really weird, was that with Picard? Just it, yeah. They sort of went, hello, and then 
gone. Yeah, he's the big bad that'll destroy the entire galaxy. Oh no, we're not gonna. <laughs> yeah, they're not bothered. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, right. So that does us for the examples. Uh, let us know what you've thought about it. We're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com or come and join us on the Facebook group. Just search for Retrek. And um, we'll be back next week just before Christmas to talk about... No, just before New Year. Just before... Oh, yeah, just before New Year. Yeah, the episode <laughs> will be on just before Christmas. I'm getting my days mixed up. We'll be back. do it this time of year. Yeah, we'll be back just before New Year to talk about the next episode. Um, thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you, and have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>